0: In 1974, the first tabletop role-playing game was created. Since then, people from all around have gathered to play. Join me as we talk with RPG enthusiasts while they share their best, worst, and favorite moments. This is You Had to Be There. hey everyone welcome to you had to be there a D storytelling podcast wow i've been busy it's good to be i haven't been live in a while it's good to be back i've been on the road doing a ton of stand-up uh and it's been uh crazy but i'm back at it talking uh talking with someone that i actually got to do his show on uh i'm sitting here with julian from the everyday superhero podcast uh but it's much more than that it's you have like a like a network uh, a a um kind of conglomerate I don't know what the word is but you have a well, why don't you tell everyone cuz you have this weird in, this not I shouldn't say weird weird in a good way this like combination of like tabletop gaming and health and fitness and mental wellness and cerebral yeah, thinking and um, I mean into it, that it
1: is I think conglomerate's the right word cool. um, the only problem with this is that it's not a conglomerate that like pays overhead it oh, just well, exists as a yeah. bunch of different hats that I wear. Yeah, um, it, it stems. Um, the full name is Everyday Superhero Headquarters. Right. Um, uh, Everyday superhero is the term I use to describe um, the t- t- colorful feelings we have to go through when we're battling our mental hurdles. Right. Because our brain can't tell the difference between uh, uh, Joker chasing us and uh our boss yelling at us so it makes even though we're not literally being chased by jerk or the crowbar it makes that fear just as valid um and i am uh, uh a giant giant nerd yeah, yeah i'm not it's yeah. not so much and it's taken a while to realize it's not so much that i'm a nerd and i present stuff in a specifically in a nerdy fashion which i do sometimes it's more that because i'm a giant nerd i can speak comfortably in language that other nerd type folk can like relate to. So there's sure. less trust that needs to be built up before we get to the point of what do you do with yourself today to make yourself healthy? Uh, right. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm also um, a failed comedian and storyteller. And not I have not failed at storytelling, I did fail at comedy. Uh, <laughs> um, and I am a big believer in uh, the things that you learn from. Um, And then bring you joy uh being enveloped in your purpose Mm. so i've i mix uh the my love of tabletop games and performing in with the need my desire to help people feel good and develop uh comfort with themselves um in a manner that is uniquely mine and that's the only way to make it uniquely mine um and that's what the conglomerate is is uh, uh, yeah and the podcast is the long form content version of that.
0: Yeah, and I had a blast doing it. Uh, what came first? Was it the health and wellness stuff for you, or were you a tabletop guy first? Which what oh, was
1: man? Um, so I was a nerd first. Nerd first. But but my nerddom has never been defined by a fandom. My nerddom is from a sense of exuberance with shiny new objects that I get over over compelled to participate with yeah and the uh compulsion to recreate those sensations for myself right so um uh, uh everything that i am nerdy about whether it seems to be a nerdy topic or not comes from a sense of it stimulated me to have excitement and i went and did some real life version of it to better myself so that i can feel that whenever i want um right. And uh, that kind of dr- has drawn the develop my entire development really from child to adult. There's the times in like the late uh, late teens, early twenties when like I had to fight against it because everyone was telling me not to do that anymore. Um, but wait, what were they telling you not to do? Like, there's this, the period of time like after high school in college when like the world's like. You're an adult now. You're right. a oh, yeah. way. And I, I, I didn't so much actively rebel against it as realized my interests lie in other things. Right. So I had, I had a lot of, oh bless your heart, or you'll figure it out uh, at some point when I didn't feel like I wasn't not figuring stuff out. Uh, yeah. But so that whole concept of how I relate to the world um, developed. Um, my personal need to stay active. Yeah. Um, uh, like, even though I was active in sports, I was a practice player. I loved the obsession of, like, taking batting practice or shooting a 1,000 shots. Um, it was reading Batman comics that got me in the gym. Right. And training in martial arts and that kind of stuff. Um, or Power Rangers or Ninja Turtles or whatever. Um, the training thing was, comes from a deep, innate desire to help people. Um, part of it comes from a sense of empathy that I don't know where it comes from. Uh, and something, and something I take for granted that I forget half the time other people don't always have, uh, which is the biggest reason I have trouble charging for personal training because most of personal training is empathetic and understanding where someone's coming from so that they can adhere to a program that's, that's good for them. That makes Um, sense.
0: I mean, you do need, don't forget to know your worth though. I'm 100%. I'm kind of, yeah. That's one thing that has hindered me in a lot of things and like stand up included is I'm just like, wow, I I went on stage and I made a bunch of people laugh. This was great. And then I forget, like, oh, that's right. I'm trying to make a a living out of this. I need to make sure I get paid. Yeah.
1: Um, 100%. Yeah. I got to say, it was easier to justify when I had a, a studio. Um, right. because I, could, I had overhead. I could point to the lights, you know, you want those to stay on? Right. <laughs> uh, um, I've definitely learned to understand the value of uh, my individual attention and time, mm-hmm. which is the difference. Um, because my podcast covers similar approaches and, com- and stuff um, in a grand scale, it's possible for someone to be inspired by it enough to make their own changes without ever paying me, uh, which is great. But right. I'm also... Speaking gen- generate uh, generally in a manner that uh, doesn't take more time. Um, the closer you are to just having my time, and the more time that one-on-one focus is, the more expensive that becomes because it's taking away from helping other people at the same time.
0: Right, right, right. That's great. Um, I, I'm, I really, I do like the 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 growing aspect. And I remember from our conversation is that you had like your studio where you kind of had these various games and exercises that related to tabletop things. And yeah. And that's fun. Yeah. Mission
1: quest. Yeah. And Mission quest. Is, it's an online subscription.
0: Yeah. It's an online thing now, but you had that studio. Very cool. Um, definitely. Yeah. You know, I'll grab all those links for the end of this. What was your, like, what were your early days of tabletop gaming? Like, like, did you, so, what was your first character? Thing is, I want to um... know you. I want to know about your characters. Cause you seem like a very yeah. charismatic guy. So. I...
1: Yep. So I my tabletop gaming started after I was a personal trainer, which was your first question, um, mm-hmm. and And then um, um, before opening my personal training studio, so I was renting, I was r- running, doing one-on-one training, and renting space out of other gyms. So I worked for myself still, but I wasn't like owning the paying the rent on the studio Mm -hmm.
0: um
1: and uh i was already called everyday superhero training um because it was personal training and it was called that because i uh was a giant nerd so uh, not so much that my clientele was um and i noticed that the people that get the most out of working with me um Mm -hmm. were like you can you can if you adhere to a program you'll see results um, and the reason you adhere to a program can be anything from uh, the trusting the person on how they look to uh, uh, a conversation that that like makes you feel safe, uh, and that version of stuff was tending to be other nerdy people, uh, and a bunch of them were uh, were playing Dungeons and Dragons. Cool. And so we were already having nerdy conversations about stuff, and I had never not. N- I've never I never avoided Dungeons and Dragons. I was a nerd that grew up with uh a separation between the people I enjoyed and the things I did. Um so I was highly sociable, but like my teammates were never my friends. My um my my the club the video game club members were never my friends. Like they were they were the people I need to do the thing I want to do. And then there were people I enjoyed just like vibing with. Which right. is why, like, my favorite thing in the world is this—is just like sitting with a beer at a at a bar, talking endlessly. Um, and that um, that whole process led to um, my partner Lydia, who I think popped in chat. Yes, uh, I was actually uh, going to say
0: Lydia. Lydia yeah. Nervous. Oh, that's your partner.
1: Yeah, that's my partner. Oh, um, nice to meet you, Lydia. Hello, hello. Uh, she uh, uh, started listening to Critical Role because our clients were listening to Critical Role, and it allowed an extra beat of common ground to talk with while they're suffering. And then she got hooked on Critical Role as a storyteller and a someone who trained in perfor- performing uh, separately. Yeah. And then we started building the classes that were, like, more matic. And then we are like, we should probably, like, try this if we we're, like, Crossing this bridge, right. and then we did, and then we looked back. So I was I was north of thirty the first time I tried D&D. Yeah, I was uh, twenty nine. So nice. I'm with you. Yeah, uh, and it was it was a why have I not been doing this already? Yeah, Which, same. In hindsight, I understand why, but like because uh, it's not something that that again, I wasn't act. I have I had a number number of interests, and they all took up time. So it's not like I was avoiding specifically dnd it was a, i piled up habits of like things i already enjoyed doing yeah and this one stuff. just like burst through like a kool-aid man on the wall of my enjoyment yeah and i went oh this covers like five separate things that i'm doing over here in the same amount of time yeah. so let's just let's zero in on this yeah. and yeah
0: bandwidth is a real thing you got to be careful with that yeah. um because i've that's been the story of my life is you get into a ton of things get excited about them then take a long hard look at what i'm doing and be like oh my god i can't keep up all these things one of you has to go and Mm -hmm. you know it it gets very tough um but i'm with you i mean separating that i always had like nerdy friends too and like it worked um and i liked games i was never big into watching things i'm a doer i like to do things um so i never went like i don't watch anime i will watch it if it's on and it's fun it's cool yeah i like fight stuff um, gaming, I always loved games, but I didn't grow up with video games, so I always associate video games with going to a friend's house and playing video games. Yeah. Then I finally got my own, and I was sitting at home. I'm like, this isn't as much fun. It's, I like it's being a different with thing.
1: I miss couch co-op.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm still a couch co-op guy. I yeah. don't even own a PlayStation or Xbox. I have a Switch because I'm like, nice. you want to play with me? Get yeah, the hell yeah. over here. Mm-hmm. Um. So when I discovered D and was like. This is everything that I've ever wanted in a game. We have yeah. the combat fight stuff. We have social interactions. We have a story. But all of my friends are in the story to find the thing. Because I'm dumb when it comes to, like, uh, like long-form open-world games. Because I will walk past the most important thing you need. Yeah. And then I'll struggle for hours and realize that I missed it, you know, and yeah. have to double back. So I, I, it's always good to have someone else, like, shouldn't we check that chest? I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. We should check that thing um who was your first character so they brought you in
1: yep and um, what so what did my, they do my, they we did not actually play with him to start we found another uh client slash member slash friend which is a common trend uh who was also a giant nerd who had also never played uh but also wanted to and so me and my partner and her and her partner uh, were like, what? well, that's four people. Now all we need now is a DM. Yeah. So we found a DM that was like, I'll help. And then uh, long story short, uh, he was weird, but also like a really good GM. So we had a really good experience. Um, that m- The thing that made him good was uh, that he managed to provide the style of playing we thought we were looking for without us knowing it. um he was heavy it was a homebrew world it was heavily thematic it was uh he taught us to pay attention to the descriptions in in our minds not the numbers on the page and then he would tell us when 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 to look at the page and to trust and to trust that uh um so rather than being like how many hit points does it look like they have he described like how the monster looked viscerally and we're supposed i mean it taught us to like see the world as we're playing it yeah
0: and was this and this was of, in person, right? This was yeah. This
1: is all in person. This is pre the world exploding. Right. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, that that was an, uh, that hooked us. Um, and as storytellers, as as the the idea that we're crafting a story with uh, either a story arc for thing we uh, a specific player or as a DM, the world of the story takes place. Of mm-hmm. the narrative and your audience is also your cast members so you're cheering each other on with whoops and and woes and you're also like having serious emotional arcs with these people and you're also like fighting back to back and side by side like all of that was oh, so much fun and my first character was a gnome rogue cool um that was and then common, common themes for how the rest of my games was built to allow myself to be inquisitive of the world without it being game-breaking or um, rude or selfish. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, and I've, I've done this in a number of times, whenever I play like a, a new system, I'll play a high-dex, uh, high-wisdom, low-intelligence. So like he's he's able he doesn't he's not learned much over his life he's been sheltered or whatever and then yeah through the uh, but he's also like he can dodge and duck dive and weave and uh, I think my uh, my original character uh, his name was Sir Fancy Pants a lot and was his name
0: Sir Fancy Pants a lot yep
1: nice yeah and he was. A middle-aged gnome okay. who had lived at home with his parents just in the village his whole life, and read about these amazing adventures and learned everything he knew about being an adventurer from fiction. Oh, that's uh, funny. And then yeah, and then and then was and then his parents were like, "You got to do something. Like this right. is great, but your imagination is really strong, is and you're kind of like in our way. So do something." And he went, "Fine, I'll be an adventurer." He didn't right. like have weapons or training or anything, uh, and. And, like, the first mission, uh, he's, like, uh, uh, do jumping from, like, the crow's nest of, like, a pirate ship. And, like, gr- trying to grab a rope and, like, sl- he was trying to use a sword to slide down, like, the, the, the sail and land in, like, a three-point stance. And all of it happens by accident.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he claims it's a purpose. Like, it's... <laughs> uh, uh, and that was... That was, it allowed me to, like, be silly while being unconfident of what I was doing.
0: Now, I'm looking at the chat here, and Lydia says, you jumped off a ship mass and died in the first session?
1: Um, yeah. I, uh, that's what I was explaining. Oh, okay. I, (laughs) I, I, uh, the first, my first move in initiative, uh, we're on an airship, and it's having, like, fire chameleon creatures on it that are invading and i for whatever reason climbed up to the top of of the sails and then uh jumped off to grab a rope and swing down and like land in a bunch of people like fight people and i rolled horribly on the jump so i like instead of grabbing the rope uh, i hit like the sail and started tumbling and bounced off something else and took damage like immensely on the way down mm-hmm. and then saved the role to land in the three-point stance bloody and beaten uh and then uh the next turn was the coming Chame- the fire chameleon's turn and they stabbed me <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so so the whole, like everyone went, whoa that was amazing he died already like it was were you uh, like dead dead i was i went uh i went unconscious like, oh, okay okay right away not dead dead like i went unconscious I mean, it's a level one character uh it's not it's that's not well, it's when you die home, very just... easily
0: when you take yeah. like 12 hit points and you die exactly yeah. uh
1: so so like we had our we had a i think a blood clerk or a war clerk uh something like that um yeah. that immediately his whole life mission was like to make sure i didn't die uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like he I got, I got healed like right after that and then they he, he used blood like whatever weird blood magic he had to uh, create like a sphere of like shield around me, uh, and, and uh, because I thought I was doing all this on my own, I was like, "Yeah, thinking I'm like deflecting arrows and like <laughs> not getting hit, and like refusing to give anyone else credit for the fact that I'm not dead right now." Sorry. So that was that was the first, I'd say, twenty minutes of the first sense of initiative in my first D and D session.
0: That's crazy. That's hilarious, though. Um, yeah. How long did you play that character for then?
1: That we played. Um, <laughs> I got him to level five. Five? Okay. That's like level a solid level three, level five. It's um, like a
0: full campaign
1: usually for yeah. a level one and to then, level five. Yeah, um, uh, regular sessions die down as campaigns do yeah um with with adults having other lives and then we realized he was weird so we agreed not to meet with him anymore Uh, um which is it like there's a it was it was yeah it was a type of weird that was like not affecting us but like putting ourselves in a place to be affected by it seemed like a bad idea
0: yeah i mean sometimes you i'm sure it's it must be hard like i can't imagine like I don't know i'm actually i'm kind of like a, a golden retriever I, I tend to get along with almost everyone but like oh, yeah. there are definitely there's definitely a handful of people that i could think like oh if i just met them out of the blue and they're like let's run a game i bet they would drive me completely insane and it would not be fun and you really do the whole point of this game is to fi- find find yeah. people that you jive with um yeah, oh, see
1: so that was that was we jived with him on on playing D and D. Yeah. Uh, there, we had red flags as an individual in um, lifestyle or priority outside mm-hmm. of the game. Right. They right, were right, like, right. Right. If this ever leaks into the game, we're we're fucked. <laughs> right. uh, uh, and it made it increasingly made us feel not safe, not because in game he, the, he was doing anything, but because the conversations we had or with. Either him or other people in our in our circle that happened to also magically know him right. uh, was like, oh, this isn't good. Um, so that died down, and then uh, it was a circle of not getting past level six of like starting a character, having it, having it either the DM suck and walking away from the table, uh, or having um, uh, people schedules get in the way, or um, uh and uh the only the first time i got to level eight was because my partner was kind enough to run a campaign that started at level eight uh and then we we shoehorned that in a because we wanted to a finish the campaign before we left uh when we were moving from nashville to rhode island Mm uh because we had not yet to complete one uh and uh my partner wanted to dm some something before we left um so that was, like, two two birds with one stone, and uh, uh, that was fun. And then, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. I've that's been, awesome. I haven't, uh, yeah, that was my thought process. What I'm is your,
0: uh, like, um, after that, do you, do you like playing Rogue, or what are you playing, like, now? Like, what are you uh, kind of more, is that more your style?
1: I think so, I think... Um now that, when, now that I've played, um, I'm in the phase of if I'm playing the system I've played before, I'm exploring stuff I've never done. Right. Um, but I always I build my characters from narrative first and then look at um how it maximizes infighting. Uh so right. my I, I min-max my character's personality, basically. And then and then worry. So I tend to have like a lot of Low constitution characters, or, uh, yep. Why? Uh, (laughs) Why? Uh, because you're a healthy guy. You'd
0: think you'd want a character that's a bit healthy. I'm not looking to play me. No, I know,
1: but like, (laughs) Uh, but like, hit uh, points are. I tend to like, I'll I'll have like wizards whose highest stat is dex, but they're, uh, and the second highest is intelligence. So, like, there is. Um, because I use, I use the dump stats, the lowest three stats of my character as how I articulate in logic, articulate what their personality is in the world. Yes. So, so if I look at that first, I look at, um, uh, are they brave? Are they scared of things? Right. Um, are they, uh, um, are they learned through experience or learned through a uh, book reading? Um, how, what experience do they have in life that w- would allow them to, to keep learning right. um and why if any reason will they really know how to fight it's interesting you say that because
0: that first character you made spent his whole time inside but he had a high wisdom and a low intelligence i kind of think it would would have been the opposite uh, i'm sorry i
1: misspoke. it was the other way around oh it was it the other high, way around okay wisdom. i was
0: like okay because that makes yeah, sense yeah. um
1: it, was, it, it, it allowed him to um if he investigated see the world really well they had yeah. a really low passive perception
0: yeah, because he's used to sticking his notes in a book the whole exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah, sense. yeah. So
1: and, just, and, and now he's just everything is wondrous, so he gets distracted I'm, really
0: easily. I, I'm a similar, not in the stat front, but like when I try a new system, I do kind of the opposite. I go with the dumb brute every time. If I don't know yeah. the system, I'm like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be low intelligence. I'm gonna be there to watch and learn the system mm-hmm. and be the muscle when I need to be. Uh, yeah. That's my strategy of new systems, but I, I didn't mean I just wanted to clarify because I was like wow this character no, sounds like yeah, it was, like the, it, was the, it was the other way around I'm sorry no, I'm, that's totally book. cool wow. yeah but,
1: it was it was he was uh, book learned no experience was yeah how I looked absolutely at it. yeah
0: yeah I I like to do um it it can be a various different ways usually my character development comes from me looking at a subclass and being like how would have this how would how would this person have gotten here. What, yes. what is the reason that they became like i wanted to play a wild man i saw i read about wild magic sorcerer and i was like what would be the fun wild magic sorcerer how about a halfling uh not just a halfling a 12 year old halfling that got uh, extremely this is, this is dangerous reading, 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 magic because he like powers yeah because he like wandered into a place that he was told not to go to because that's what kids do yeah. and got somewhat co- so like that's my mentality of when i do it is like what would bring them like i do a college of swords bard i was like ooh college of swords bard like a juggler like a sword juggler Mm -hmm. that sounds cool so i made this very perform so but i do like that and the dump stat thing is very crucial too because i also have a couple characters like a wizard with like a negative three charisma so right away i'm like i mean he's not gonna know how to talk to anybody barely you know just super like i'll wait i'll wait a good two minutes into the conversation with a new PC before I just interrupt him to say my name. I'll just wait. I wait. Like he's like, yeah. And we'll, you know, we need you to do this. And I'll just go, hi, I'm Milton. Like just right. uh, So (laughs) that like level of awkwardness comes from those dump stats. So I fully agree with you with that. Um, building the personality around the stats, uh, definitely makes sense.
1: Yeah. And it gives me, um, it makes it not random. As someone who loves improv, it gives yeah. me the skeleton with which to bounce things off of um, without breaking rules. Um, so yeah, my my when I'm playing, basically, if I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons uh, at this point, I'm playing. I'm at the point where I'm trying new stuff. I, the same. I still build my characters in that mold of like uh, building the narrative or the, or the personality first. Um, but I'm, now I'm like trying different magic users or like trying to, uh, I multiclass for the first time uh, recently. Um, but when I play a new system, I default to a rogue style class because it's how I inquisitively approach that type of adventure in my brain. It is nice. the type of character, it is whenever I play like an open world video game, I default yeah. to that as well. Um, it is uh, the type of character I embody when I work out. So it's 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 the the string to my actual personality. I'm picturing you like running around, but like hiding
0: behind something, doing a couple push-ups, then moving to another room. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, stealthy stealthy exercise. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so yeah. That's one one class I haven't even uh, gone full into. I have I've become a huge fan of multi-classing, um, mostly because of another pr- past guest. Zach Katz has a podcast uh called "Fantasize Me." Shout out to Zach Katz, where he'll create, he'll take a like a character from a movie or something and make. Yeah, a I D&D. love that.
1: I love that podcast.
0: Yeah, so like he his multi classes are redonkulous, like three, four. But like by the time he gets to a certain point, like he has this crazy. I mean, it's all a lot of it's kind of based on the combat, but a lot of it is the role playing too, like. How to just quickly, you know, take one or two levels in a Rogue and all of a sudden you can get expertise in multiple things and just, like, these quick tricks. Um, I do, like, my DM kind of goes on the front where it needs to make sense for the character, so that does also kind of go in that. Like, my College of Swords bard is trying to run away from the terrible things he's done, so he recently did multiclass into Rogue. Mm -hmm. Um, he also almost died by getting upfront and personal with someone he's like i should try doing the stealthy thing like the like those so like it does make sense but it can really like change the game and I, i it also like i don't know i think if you're gonna play from like start to finish it might be fun to just stick with that one class but like sometimes if it's like a one or two session thing i like i'll just throw together especially if it's like a one shot if it's gonna be like a like a dungeon crawly one shot I'm like I'm gonna re- I'm just gonna create a lethal lethal multi class and yeah I haven't done Pathfinder but I know that's like Pathfinder's bread and butter uh, mm-hmm. but it can be done in fifth edition too I'm sure it's not to the extent of Pathfinder um, but there are
1: that, ways... that is my 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 homebrew world idea yeah. is one built on levels of class earned through story experience so you start yeah that's that awesome. As A what I call I call it level zero, but you start as your race stats and like a villager. Which is what like if you walk into a random village and like stab the baker, you're stabbing a level zero character. Yes. Uh uh, so you take those stats, and whatever like the before the uh inciting incident takes place, uh personalities and traits, and the inciting incident launches you into your hero's journey, which is a collective like People already know each other they're like on this adventure now they're lost whatever tragedy has struck and the skills they're using to stay alive are directly tied to whether they can or cannot uh uh or, or what levels of stuff they earn um right. so like you're not gonna uh no one technically in that no one gets to be a sorcerer a sorcerer is an innate magical i was
0: just gonna say that that's the only thing that eliminates
1: the sorcerer. but you can you can be any you can you can be a warlock you can be a wizard yeah you can be a druid like along the way um uh if you're like uh wandering along like lost in the woods and like grabbing mushrooms to eat and one of them happens to make you really high one day you become a druid like (laughs) (laughs) uh Uh, um, and it's and it's it can either be like a linear path where like once you n- find this nook in 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 the party like that's how you, as a relied on teammate that's the skills that you build or uh, uh, narratively like uh, you get a bunch of like uh, average Joes that are like what is it um, good at everything master of none or whatever like right, right, or jack of right. all trades. Um,
0: I, I have a couple everyone's questions. Everyone's build is different
1: because because of yeah circumstance and story. And then your limit in D anD D, you have to have pre required physical stats to multi class. Uh, so like in order to be a wizard, you need a bare minimum intelligence level. Right. Uh, in order, in order, uh, uh, most of the magic stuff has it. Um, in um, so, like, if you're at level 1 through 3 and your intelligence is low, uh, you can't yet learn magic. But down the road, as you level level up generically, your intelligence will also, in theory, could go up and thus get you to the point where you could learn magic as a wizard.
0: So there's a chance that you could be a wizard but not know any magic?
1: No! no. um, You would have to have both put points into intelligence as you're generically leveling up.
0: What did, are you doing stats while they're commoners? Or are you rolling stats once they?
1: No, you roll. You roll. You roll their their, their basic stats.
0: Okay, because but what if like that kind of
1: predetermines your fate on what you can and cannot multiclass a little bit.
0: Well, it just it kind of determines what you can be in general. Like if you roll, uh, you know, an eight and a ten for strength and dexterity. And narratively, you're starting like I always wanted to be a fighter, and then like you're like that's not going to work for you. Also, you can't. You need the 13, I think, at least to be on. Yeah, in order to
1: get be a class or something, you need the 13 in that skill.
0: I have a I have a thought though for the sorcerer. I have a thought. Oh, go. Because, sorry. So I was the sorcerer. Yes, you can be born with it, but you can also just be like given it, or there can just be some sort of event. So like the difference, like a warlock, you met with someone usually specifically and made a deal. You could put some sort of a bait in the story of like a like a stone or some sort of magical item or some sort of magical something that if one of the characters decides to take, boom. You're like, you wake up the next day and you like feel slightly different and like you and then they start to just all of a sudden they have these powers. Yeah. It's not a deal, it's not a contract. So they're not a warlock. They're they're a sorcerer. They got this innate magic out of nowhere. So yep. that's the uh, that's definitely that's uh, how you do it. Yeah. Uh, the a, the um angle. uh
1: every every so many levels, uh, you do have the ability to add points to your base stats though. Okay. So so in theory, if you're keeping an eye out for stuff you're low in and might need later on, uh, you could. Uh, build up, say, the decks to be a fighter character. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that road is is a longer fought battle. Uh, you, just, you just gotta be more aware of it. Uh, and then uh, with the with the wizard,, uh, it would be a mix of your intelligence getting high enough and crossing someone that can teach you like you you can't just look at a spellbook and know how to cast spells
0: right, right. yeah, the wizard thing definitely makes a bit more sense of like the. Narratively, you would need to have that initial. I do like the idea. I like the idea of that we're like kind of more of an open scenario where you kind of go for your path. I feel like it's a little tough because someone might have something in mind and start, but then that's the character and that then you made. then
1: you assign your pant your your so it's kind of like uh assigning your character a sense of fate. Mixed Mm -hmm. in with their free will, right? You're giving them, you get the numbers to assign your character, uh, and you get to choose what you put them in. So you're kind of realigning the stars in what is the most plausible option for them. But when you're narratively playing them, they have the free will to decide they don't want to do that anymore and like go in a different direction.
0: I feel like you would need a couple, like the way to go into this would be like a couple session zeros.
1: I'm really big on that anyways as a yeah, DM. I haven't really uh, done too many
0: Session Zeroes where it's, like, actually me and... Like, I've done one where we, like, build characters, but I haven't done too many. Usually if we're doing a one-shot, like, I do like to have a little backstory, so we'll just, like, talk about it in the chat. and Like, what's your character? How did we meet? Because usually one-shots you're like, you met, you're a party, you've been a party for some time or something. Um, But, like, yeah, having those where, you know, you are this person, you were born into this, I think it also humbles that mentality of like sometimes you make like a level one fighter and you're like i'm a badass and you're like no you're not <laughs> no. you're a you're a squishy person who just got their first sword and you're like yeah. you're learning yeah. a few things here or there uh because that's always like the initial especially for newer players you're like oh, i'm a i'm a hero right and you're like no it's no, just no, like no, no
1: you're you're on the you're on the track to become a hero being a hero means you overcome adversity yeah
0: you and know people, how the spider and, and will kill you instantly people, in people that it happened <laughs> what was that i'm sorry i cut you off. uh
1: being a hero requires overcoming adversity and yes. then people being around and spreading the rumor would taking place yeah. yeah yeah that's
0: cool cool um all right uh we are coming up at about 43 minutes I'm trying to keep it a little bit between 45 to an hour so i would like to get some of your favorite stories of your your time through tabletop gaming that's what we that's what we're all about here my favorite stories. Yeah, favorite moments. Uh, you know, things other than your your. Uh, ex, you know, we we got the uh, jumping off the ship and almost yeah. dying instantly. Uh,
1: um, I um, uh, in my current campaign, sure. Or uh, one of my cur- yeah. I'm, uh, I'm in D&D, I am in D anD am playing um a coward sorcerer okay um and he's is who is, he's is a uh high high dex uh second highest intelligence very squishy constitution to make it all work um wait second <laughs> highest is intelligence or charisma oh charisma our, oh, okay like uh this, his second highest stat is his spellcasting that Sure, um, sure. That's fine. Uh, yeah. And and then, but he's super slippery and like runs away a lot. And as because his powers are innate, um, uh, there it, it's uh, he his backstory is basically what uh, a character being nerd uh nerd, in structured learning and being told they're stupid or not understanding like why can't you learn so as like a child or or as a teenager as the powers manifested he was sent to uh, the wizard academy and could not retain the manner in which they taught magic because he was extremely powerful and could just like make fire protrude from his hands but if you told him to like write it out for someone else to do he would never be able to do it Mm so he, he's uh, exploded a couple labs, got expelled from a couple learning academies, and all this time, as he practices magic, he does get stronger, but he just doesn't know how to control it. So he's a wild magic sorcerer who has a homebrewed wild magic surge ratio. Cool. That is uh, uh, built on the spells he has learned, but doesn't know how to tap into which spell he's casting at which time. So he has like a what uh, in a. On a roll of a D20, anytime he uses magic, yeah, uh, from a 16 to 20, he casts the spell he means to cast. From a 5 through a 15, he casts one of the spells he happens to know, and from 1 through 5, it's a wild magic surge. Is that, uh, that's
0: every single every time, every he, time his... he uses magic, whether it's reactionary or on purpose. That's rough. Do you add anything to it or no? Just straight. Like, do you add his charisma to it?
1: Yeah, I'm like it's still and no 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 it's a straight roll. Straight it's a roll. it's a straight okay. roll just to to figure out which of the things because he doesn't have control over it. Right. He can just right. manifest power and right. um but uh he has been playing lately. Uh he's been he's been taught and he's and in being a coward, uh he's a magical being that people tend to like use for quest. Mm-hmm. he doesn't like that he's being used for quests because he doesn't really trust his magic. So like right. in battle and stuff, he runs right. up and hits things with sticks. To put off using magic as long as possible, uh, and uh, then runs in the opposite direction and cowers in the bushes. Uh, and um, narratively, I've loved playing him because uh, he's on the verge of multiclassing into a rogue, right? Because he spent so much time hitting things with sticks and hiding in bushes, and in the, and his, uh, his he has stopped trying to get better at magic and controlling the magic and right. uh he's less scared of using it but he's not scared of it being random anymore which means he'll use it but it's not he's not the power of his magic is no longer growing right. uh the control of it is uh and, and while that's happening he's he was taught by his group when he feels for you to run in the direction of it so he has the same ner- like response he goes oh my god and instead of uh, uh high hailing it away he hightails it to whatever's in front of him right and has built up uh a dive duck uh dodge mentality that is leading to him uh level, getting a level of rogue um so it's not so it's the internal story arc that that character is going through that I really really like what level of sorcerer are you um level nine level 9 sorcerer yeah we started oh. at le- level 8 I oh think. okay uh, and we leveled up a couple. He might be level ten, maybe level eleven, whatever. Whatever. He leveled up a couple times in sorcerer, in campaign, and narratively it was like this doesn't make sense anymore because it because he's he's uh, for him to get more powerful it makes sense for him to like narratively have the wild magic chart become less volatile, not for the spells to be more powerful. Yeah. Um, so that was where that came from. Yeah. No, that's we'll have, cool. Yeah, that was has been that's yeah, that's been a lot of fun. Um, I uh, story wise, I also played in a adventuring tournament game that was fun that swam over the the summer. I played a multi-class um, uh, uh, Leonin. Oh, it sick. was yeah, that was part sorcerer, part monk. Cool. Are you a big um, fan and of It was work? basically barehanded or elemental powers in my mind. was like, so he, he's either like up, like punching in the face repeatedly, or right. he, instead of shooting a bow, he throws like magic fire at you. Right. Um, and okay. the first, uh, I thought it was a PvP tournament. So I built him to like uh, survive that environment. Then it turned out to be a survival adventuring uh, story. Mm. Uh so I had no backpack, I had no weapons. I was just in the forest with and like uh it was I played with my partner uh and they did not they did not enjoy each other very much at first because of that. <laughs> uh and there was there was like uh making sure you hunt for food and like drink your water and like just don't die from wilderness exposure. Right. Uh and he was not built for that at all. So the fact that he survived it was amazing uh and he had this his backstory was that he was uh a king who had inherited the kingdom from the death of his uh father but uh he himself had not been trained to be king yet so the, the village was an uproar and sent him on this survival tournament to prove his worth um and this is what he was told and halfway through he realized they sent him here to die like it was it was instead of murdering him because they didn't think he was a bad person they were just like we can't afford you to literally be in power because you're going to accidentally, like, have us all killed. Right. Uh, so they sent him off to, to basically never return without telling him that and giving me a sense of purpose to get through the tournament. And uh, along the way, like, halfway through, he realized, oh, I'm here to die. And he decided he doesn't want to die. So he, he learned all the tools of, of survival that uh, are necessary uh, in, like, battle and whatnot to so have empathy for, like, sending his armies out if he has to do that uh and in the very last point mm-hmm. of this of the survival tournament it turned out it was a dragon uh the full fo- the forest was was the land of a giant dragon that every year had this tournament uh so he didn't have to hunt for food mm-hmm. um <laughs> and uh uh we uh narratively fought the dragon a lot M- most of the group was unconscious at the end of the battle and were on death saves um, and it was me and one other player. uh And the, the crazy thing was that we—it we was a tournament in that you played in duos. So I played with my partner and like a DM. And then there were other duos separately on sessions moving through the forest without, uh apart from us. And then the the, fan, the finale was everyone popping out at the same point, I'm going, "Whoa, what's going on?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which was really cool. uh So we're at that point. We've dealt with the dragon enough to so, like it flies to hide into a lower cavern area uh we're battle stricken everyone's looking around uh and and half our party was trying to not fight the dragon uh uh or not fight no uh, we were brought to fight each other to weaken each other so the dragon could eat this easily and we refused to fight each other and the dragon got mad so we fought the dragon and the dragon ran away and we're sitting there just like covered in blood and soot yeah. Uh, and uh, me and this other person and this one character NPC that comes bounding through the wood that was like a giant bipedal hippo, hippo character who was super jolly and uh, uh I had met and then terrorized um for uh a little bit um showing the, the first time I'd ever shown anger at anyone <laughs> uh and uh, uh I was asking like he, he was there to like also want to like hunt the dragon like he, that's what he was there for uh and we're we're uh, he comes up and, and uh, sees everyone stricken on the ground, <laughs> and, and me and this other like, person are just like sitting in the dirt, in the dirt, just like exhausted. And he's like, "Oh, you look like you and your troop could use some healing." And he hands us both like um, superior potions of healing, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and instead of like handing them to our team, uh, who was lying on the ground withering, we cheers and like chugged them ourselves. Right, <laughs> because I had taken one point of damage the entire battle. Uh, oh, <laughs> you rude, rude man! And that was the end of the game. It
0: was oh, just, oh, it was uh, the end of the game. That is yeah, funny though.
1: Yeah, it's like uh, oh,
0: cool, thank you. And then uh, your buddies are like, yeah,
1: oh, what take- the hell? Yeah, they're 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 stable, uh, in stable condition, just in pain. And we're like, <laughs> I broke a nail. I need this. That's and then so it funny. Was fade to black. There was also a point where like that same character like jumped off. The cliff to like go hunt the dragon she was like that's where the dragon went yeah. and he rolled a horrible jump and ended up accidentally hanging himself on the force oh my behind. what oh my yeah and it was so random that the person that i was RPing with at the time went what just happened And went, i think he just hung himself and he went what no and out of character was like that really just happened so that was fun uh narratively it wasn't that big of a, it was after the story ended but it was uh yeah the moment of like cracking the beer open with like uh your team uh was was beautiful to me
0: yeah i think uh that that's always nice to do like after the session closes to still like have a little bit of role play after especially because a lot of the times it always ends like after a brutal fight or something but yeah um thanks for sharing those are uh, that was hilarious um and uh thanks for joining me today
1: awesome i yeah. can keep going if you want you can it parts out <laughs> i uh
0: no i gotta um i do have uh i have some things i gotta do later and I yeah I, I appreciate it um why don't you uh run through all of the things where people can find you and stuff like that uh, oh yeah go ahead the floor is yeah. yours
1: hi i'm julian loomis uh you can find me on the internet under uh everyday superhero headquarters or everyday superhero cast um and I am a nerdy wellness communicator. Um, I dabble in the TTRBG space on the internet sphere. So you might show me up, uh, see me pop up in uh, games and shows ever so often. I just, for the first time, played Pathfinder on, uh, I joined Party of Two as a guest cast member. That was really exciting. I did that last night. I got done at 1 AM, uh, mm-hmm. the first time ever. Um, so if you look for either Everyday Superhero uh, Headquarters or Everyday Superhero Cast, you can find me on uh, the Twitters, the Instagrams, the YouTubes, and my podcast, which you totally hang out and to.
0: Awesome. Thank you, man. Uh, cool. Um, and for me, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been You Had to Be There, a D&D storytelling podcast where I interview different tabletop RPG players and we share fun stories and knowledge. Um, I am also a stand-up comedian, which we were talking a little bit earlier about bandwidth. So uh, I'm going to be releasing a couple more episodes of this over the next uh, couple months, probably. And then I'm going to be taking a break just because I need to uh, make sure that I don't go insane by doing too many things. Um, stand-up is busy, and I got to go with uh, you know some things like that. But I definitely will uh, continue to support... Uh, this this community, um, and we'll probably bring this back for another. Maybe I'll start doing it in seasons, just cause like things. Uh, get... that, I
1: think that's a good idea.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just do like you know every every few months or so. Just do a couple episodes or something like that. Um, because I love this. I do love doing this. I love talking to all my tabletop friends. Tabletop community is one of the best communities out
1: there, and I will. I, will I mean, when someone. you're also battling the the comedy community, like that's a. <laughs>
0: well, that's I think that's why I like this community because this this community is is the comedy community is good, but like they're not as loving and friendly. Um, no, because
1: it's yeah, you're you you everyone's competition.
0: It depends. Yeah. Well, we try. It. We're we're steering that in the right direction. We we try that that's to fair. not we try to not have it be that way. But I, uh, did, I
1: forgot to bring up. I actually I got on stage after like. Two weeks after our episode. Oh really? Nice. Yeah. I started I did I started doing open mics because I was doing a hosting a panel at uh Kine- Kineticon and I hadn't cool. done public speaking in like three years. And I wanted to get used to the sensation of eyeballs staring at me without a reaction. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it wasn't so much about like the jokes being amazing, but like having confidence in the jokes that I was telling, regardless of what the people were. If were you doing. can
0: anyone, if you can if you ever try stand up. And, I mean, takes a long time to get good at it. It takes a really long time to get great at it. The beginning, if you can stand up there for five to seven minutes and try to make people laugh and stand up there in total silence, you are as hard and as strong as anyone else because you can overcome anything because it is the worst, yep. one of the, the is worst the feelings, feelings in the entire is the world. It is one of the worst feelings in the world yep.
1: Then to well, be like, really I'm going to cool. go up there. And make these people what laugh was really cool what was uh 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 the process worked like i felt i had confidence a in the material I writing like i had grown as a writer uh but yeah. uh um i found myself having even though there because like, it was it was a room full of comedians and one person drinking a beer so uh a getting comedians to react is always an extra bonus but um you can't base it on it on outward signs of laughter because it's laughter is contagious like if if there's one person that you have to make oddly laugh they're feeling really fucking self-conscious right then Mm -hmm. uh so uh having the faith in like what i'm the the story or the joke i'm telling was what i was working on and then i got to the con and everyone laughed at all the jokes i had written during that period of time at the con which felt really cool
0: yeah that's great man happy to hear it um cool all right we're gonna get out of here uh if you want to follow me on instagram for comedy dates and stuff uh all my links are in my description i got a link tree i got all that stuff um cool thanks everybody this has been you had to be there with julian from the everyday superhero podcast bye everyone
1: Bye.